Sustainable Land Matters. Sustainable Land Matters, a podcast on sustainable land management and hosted by Auzelia Fisser and Nansu. In this episode, our guest is Natalia, who works at a food agriculture organization. Special thanks for our guest, also Augustine. Hello, my name is Natalia Rodriguez Eugenia. Uh, Natalia, you have a very extensive uh, uh, family name. Could you please help me to pronounce it? So then I will be able to, we will be able to do the, the intro part, actually. Yes, Rodriguez yeah. Eugenio. Could, could you, you can maybe, do uh, it, Augustine? Yeah. Well, um, is it uh, Natalia uh, Rodrigo Eugenio? Yes, it's okay. It's complicated because it has a lot of R's and Z's. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. If you have a Canarian colleague, you can ask. Uh, yeah, to, I'll, I'll, ma- I'll make her do the intro. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for that. The Spanish surnames are quite long. Yeah. Because we have uh, the one from our father and one our mom. Ah, that's, so... that's why. Oh, very. But then your children, how, uh, yeah. uh, how is it? That... How is that? I have no. yeah, unfortunately, Well, we can choose now. We can oh. choose uh, because before it was always the, fr- the first one is the father. And the second one is coming from the mother. And then if you have a child, it will go again. First of the father and first of the mother. So usually the surname of the mother was lost oh. in history. But now we are we have the right to decide if we want to pass to our children the surname of our mother or to change the order also. And have first the the mother and and then the second from the father. Very interesting to know. I didn't know this. <laughs> uh, Ausalia, have you ever met no, Natalia? No, we have met Natalia. Uh, okay. Can you please introduce yourself a little bit to us? So how did you step into this world of soil? I started the degree in biology. Oh the Canary Islands in Spain, uh, having in mind to be a marine biologist. And suddenly in the second grade of, of, of the career, I discovered soil science and I basically fall in love. It was immediate, basically, because I understood that soil was the, the basis for everything else, for all the ecosystems. And yeah, that's how I started uh, the soil science career and then one thing took me into another and then I end up in the European Commission at the Joint Research Center working on soil pollution. So it was not my specialization at the beginning. I was more working on soil organic carbon, uh, biochemistry, things like that. But then I had this opportunity at the Joint Research Center. So I started there working more on a science policy interface related to soil, organ- uh, to soil pollution. You work at this moment for the UN organization, Food Agriculture Organization. And um, uh, could you please um, tell us a little bit how is your normal day look like? I think for young generations, for students who are now studying biology, biology, soil or environmental issues, if they imagine themselves in the future, if they want to work for UN organization, how does it like? What kind of problems or challenges, I'm sorry, to that to put it in a positive way that you deal with every day? Definitely it's a very challenging work. 
uh, every day is completely different from, from another. We have to deal with governments. We have to deal, uh, we deal in a normal basis with farmers, with uh, scientists, with civil society organizations, NGOs. So it's, it's really interesting. We communicate through emails, a lot of meetings, uh, and then we also draft uh, and develop a lot of publications, reports, awareness raising materials, educational materials, videos. So it's uh, it's a really interesting daily daily work, I would say. No time to get bored. And the most important thing, and what really keeps me in this position, is that I learn something new every day. And uh, I learn because we communicate with people from all around the world. And everyone has different experiences, different background. So basically, the, a new person you meet, something new you can learn. So that is what I, I value the most of this position. What does it mean for you uh, to work for the FAO? Does it fulfill you and does it make you proud? That's a very good question. Actually, when I started in this soil science uh, and studying biology, I think it was one of my dreams to end up in a place like this one because I wanted to first travel all around the world and discover new cultures and new way new ways of thinking, and at the same time to have the opportunity to help others, no, and to share my my passion because as I as I told at the beginning, I fell in love with soils, uh, so I was really excited to be able to share this knowledge and this passion for soils uh, with other people. And to find crazy people like me, uh, wanted to do this outside academia, no? because this is also one important thing. Of course, in academia, you have a lot of soil scientists that are very committed, very excited, but to bring this like dirty world into the into other people that do not deal with soils on a regular basis was was really exciting. And actually, I, I have found uh, to to be doing this in within FAO. It's really exciting because you need to deal with completely different people from very high level ministers or directors or whatever to civil society and working with kids. Uh, so yeah, it's very varied. And, and I think this is one of the most beautiful things that the UN give anyone working or working here, that you can have a completely broad view of what's happening in the world from policymakers that have very uh, concrete vision of what they want to the reality. And for me, having these projects like the Soil Doctors Program, or now we are also implementing the Rex Soil Initiative with farmers for adopting sustainable soil management practices, you see the whole range of approaches on how people perceive and deal with soils. Uh, so I think that is very, very enriching, and I'm very happy to work here. And actually, for farmers, I just um, I'm hearing new term. It's they want to call not farmers or men. They call them land managers now. So actually, yeah, we're all land. We're, we uh, as industry or whoever use we're all land managers, and we should be able to on one hand profit from it so to create economic value, but on the other hand, we also have to take care of it. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, and I have also heard that. We are not producers, we are not farmers, we land managers. take care yeah. of the land that yeah. we manage. Yeah. 
And it's not only the the land and the farm. At the end, is is the management is is much more integrated, and we need to think about the whole uh, ecosystem of the exactly. whole land in a, it, as a big picture, no? And take care of the river that is close to your farm. Take care of the forest that surrounds it, because then there you have all the linkages, all the connections with the uh, and the benefits of having a, a well connected ecosystem, no? So yeah, at the end they are the managers of the, I would even go one step farther and say nature managers <laughs> or ecosystem stewards. Oh, I, exactly. I like that one. Ecosystem stewards. Yeah. Because it's not only about the land, but it's the whole community of, of living creatures uh, around you, uh, living in soil, uh, on soil and above soil. Exactly. Yeah. And then it has a very important social component because also the way we, or the way they manage the farm will also have an impact in the surrounding community because people will eat that food. So depending on how that has been produced and the, the health of the soil and, and the safety of the food, that will have an impact in the community. So at the end, it's, it's really managing everything. It's much broader than just what I do in my farm, no? part of the community. It is also what you've always wanted to do, or was there a, a point uh, where you had dreams of becoming something completely different? Yeah, no, I think it, it was always what I wanted to do since, uh, since yeah, the second grade of biology. I wanted to work on soils and uh, protect them and, and motivate other people to protect them. And do you have a piece of soil yourself that you are protecting? No, unfortunately not. I'm quite poor in that sense, but uh, I would love, I would love. But now I'm living, in, I'm from Spain, from the Canary Islands and now living in Rome. So it's quite difficult to have your piece of land where you can uh, grow your own vegetable. But actually this is my next dream. I'm uh, saving some, try to save some money to, to have a, a small piece of land to grow my own vegetables at some point in my life. Uh, a fellow student of mine, she's also from the Canary Islands. Oh, this is fascinating. She's <laughs> such a like such a beautiful place. I never imagined people to actually be from those places. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a very nice place, and uh, it's a place where everyone goes on holidays. So it makes you <laughs> ah, feel like so I'm you so are, lucky. You were born and raised in paradise. <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah. why you wanted to bring that beauty exactly. to everyone. So you are really, really working worldwide, eh, Natalia? Yes. Are there specific regions uh, where you work for soil especially? Actually, we work with all the regions in the world related to soil. So we have people from Canada till the small islands in the Pacific. Uh, we cover basically the 194, 95 countries that are part of, of FAO. So really working with everyone from everywhere. And is all focusing on agricultural land then, or is it also urban land and uh, urban soil uh, related issues? Mostly we deal with agricultural soils because that's the mandate of FAO. But actually within the Global Soil Partnership, we are now broadening a little bit more the focus of our activities, particularly once we started working on soil pollution, it's quite difficult to keep uh, tied to agricultural soil. So now we are entering also in urban soils. Actually, in two years time, we will have a global symposium 
on urban soils and soil sealing. And there we will cover again topics related to soil pollution, but also to urban agriculture, for example. You're mentioning can soil you... sealing. Can you explain? Um, uh, this is the first time for me to hear this term. Yeah, because the term for as it is conceived in Europe is quite different for the, the concept in a global setting, let's say. Soil sealing refers to whatever human infra infrastructure that puts some uh, concrete or some asphalt or whatever that covers the soil. So basically it's a degradation process that leads to the complete loss of the soil cover because the soil is completely sealed by urban infra infrastructures. And what does soil sealing do to the health of the soil, uh, Natalia, in your opinion? Well, as I said, basically it's the complete loss of that soil. So it is very difficult to restore a soil that has been sealed by an infrastructure. So we are losing that the health of that soil because we are basically losing the topsoil. This is particularly important for Europe because as you have realized, we are building our cities and, and our industrial areas normally in the most productive soils. We are using the basins of the of the watershed for building the, the cities because it's the most convenient place where to build cities and where to have infrastructures normally are the plain areas and w there is where uh, the most fertile soils are so it has a huge impact on soil health and in the health of the whole ecosystem could you maybe give uh, uh, an example of a project where you are working on especially on this topic and uh, and how you are tackling this? We haven't started working on soil sealing uh, for the moment because, uh, as I said, we will organize this symposium in 2025. But some activities that we are already dealing with that somehow relate with that are those related to soil pollution in urban soils because it's, it's also very much related. Whenever you have infrastructure, you have the potential to have some type of, some kind of communicate uh, of contamination. So what we are doing there, particularly in urban areas, is trying to develop risk assessment methodologies and, and conceptual site models methodologies that are useful and applicable for the countries apart from Europe. Of course, in Europe, most of the countries have their own guidelines, very well defined, very descriptive, but in most cases, those are too much detail and require a lot of data that uh, particularly developing countries cannot use or cannot reach the, the point to have enough information to apply those guidelines. So what we are doing now is developing uh, technical guidelines that are quite simple and using a tire approach. So developing countries can, depending on the information that is available or that they can generate, they can uh, as, uh, apply this risk assessment and understand the potential risk to human health and the environment that they may have in, in potentially contaminated soils. Do you also reach out to the general public? I know from a kind of guerrilla action in the Netherlands that people are taking out the stones and bringing the plants. Uh, do you know of this? Uh, and are you working with this as well, these kind of activities? Yes, for us, awareness raising and communication to the general public is key. Because at the end, you need to have a society well-informed that will push somehow policymakers to make changes no? and to put regulations in place, etc. So for us, 
that activity is key. The most important activity that we have in an annual basis is the World Soul Day. We celebrate this UN official day every 5th of December. And now it has become one of the most popular UN days. So we are very happy for this, very proud, because it has been a long way. But now I would say millions of people celebrate this day uh, every year around the world. So it's really incomiable to to see how now soil and soil health is becoming more popular. People understand the importance of soils thanks to these kind of campaigns. Um, Natalia, we're talking about healthy soil. So, of course, it's a, uh, it is a policy term. But I wonder, how it's, what is your personal interpretation? How do you see healthy soil? It's a tricky concept, actually. And when you talk to soil scientists, each one will tell you a different definition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but basically, a healthy soil is that that can maintain the um, functions that soil is supposed to have. So if we are talking about an agricultural soil, a healthy agricultural soil means that it's a soil that is able to provide enough food with a good balance of nutrients that does not pest, for example, or, or is able to control pests, is able to mitigate any potential contaminants that come into it. So because you know soils are like a sponge and a filter for contaminants. So that would be and agricultural healthy soils. But then we have soils everywhere, basically, in, in, in every terrestrial ecosystem. So a healthy soil from agriculture will be completely different from a healthy soil in forest, for example, or in the Amazon, because they have they are adapted to the ecosystem they have to, to maintain and the properties that those soils will have differ. So that's why it's so complicated to have a unique definition for soil health or unique value to say, okay, this, if a soil has this value, it will be healthy or not. No, it depends of the complex interactions between soils, organisms, plants, and the rest of the ecosystem, no? how, how it functions as a whole. So if a soil is able to maintain these complex interactions and linkages, then we can consider it healthy. I have another question regarding to your very nice backgrounds, the SDGs. So, of course, land, life on lands is one of the SDGs. And how do you see this um, uh, soil topic and sustainable land topic linked to other SDGs? Just for the people that maybe don't know what SDGs are, SDGs are 17 Sustainable Development Goals set by the UN. That's a very good question. And yeah, if you are familiar with the Sustainable Development Goals, you may know that soil is mentioned, I think, four times, but just one sub-indicator tackles soil or, or a soil property, in this case, soil organic carbon. But if you think carefully, the role of soil and that soil is a cross-cutting topic among all the 17 SDGs, we can consider that healthy soils will contribute to achieve all the sustainable development goals. And sustainable soil and land management is one of the, the, the key solutions to achieve zero hunger and sustainable agriculture. Now it's uh, everyone talks about one health approach. And at the beginning, it was more human and animal and plant health, maybe. But the environment and soils were not really considered. But now 
there is a change in the mentality, a swift in the mentality, because policymakers are realizing that indeed, if you have contaminated soils or if you have soils that are poor and not fertile, the quality of the food that you get or the quality of the plants and then the animals eating that plant and humans eating the animals and plants will not be as healthy as we expect. Soil organic carbon uh, sequestration has been identified by the IPCC, the, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, as one of the contributors to mitigate climate change. So we can put back into soil all the CO2 that has been released into the atmosphere that was originally in soils and in fuels, <clears throat> but put it back into degraded soils and restore those ecosystems. So again, for climate change, soils play a, a key role. And then when we talk something that may not be so so obvious for people, but when we talk about gender equality, for example, if you think That's about... That's an interesting yeah. perspective with soil <laughs> and gender equality. Sorry to interrupt you, but I find this very interesting. Yeah, indeed. And it's something that I said, uh, not everyone sees as obvious, but when you think about agriculture, for example, and particularly in developing countries, women play a huge role in managing that land, but they do not own the land. So at the end, the power that they have in decision making is not that big. So we need to also reinforce or ensure uh, gender equality there and give the women that power to better care for the soil. And why? Because we as women, we have a completely different mentality on how to deal with nature, how to deal with natural resources. And giving this half of the population also the voice and the possibility to bring solutions will completely change our way of approaching natural resources. This is really interesting, uh, Natalia. Uh, can you give us a bit of uh, um, uh, information on a project that is already working with this empowering of women uh, to, towards uh, a healthier soil? We have a very interesting program now. It's called Soil Doctors Program because we think that soils also need doctors from time to time. And uh, it's a farmer to farmer training program. It's we train local promoters, let's say. Uh, it's not really a training, it's an exchange of experiences, how to assess the quality of the soil, how to understand what's happening on their, on their farms, for example, and then to identify practices that could help to improve the health of the soil. And then those farmers that are committed to sustainable soil management and that know a bit more about how to identify and how to assess soil can train other farmers. And in this, in this activity, we have realized that at the beginning, women had a very low participation. It was quite complicated to get women participating in the training activities. But once we put more efforts in engaging them, in asking, the local promoters to engage more women, even uh, local uh, women communities, we have seen a much broader engagement of the society. And particularly because they are much more committed in bringing other people from the community to work and to show and to exchange. So it's, it's working really well. We are implemented it in several countries in Latin America, Africa, and Asia. And uh, we have, a, I think it's now 
about 1,000 farmers that has been uh, trained in the program since we started in 2021. So it's, it's quite impressive and it's working really good. Thank you, Natalia. You brought this SDG topic is becoming lively. It's not just you and go, but you bring the color of it. And I would also like to suggest our listeners to check it out. It's called SDG Wedding Cake. It's also a very interesting concept that it, which is put biosphere as a basis. So water and soil are the basis of our whole society, which we can build on society and economy. Is there something you would share with the listeners that we didn't discuss yet or that you would like to add or stress? Yeah, one of the most important points that we are trying to strengthen now is the relevance of monitoring soil. We think that having a soil health monitoring system in place is key to understand where we are, how our soils are, and how our activities impact the health of the soil. So I would say for whoever is, is listening, if they have some plans to work on soil in their countries to start that soil monitoring program, I think it's, it's key to improve uh, our knowledge, our understanding, and also to plan better how we manage and how we take care of the soil. It's, it was a wonderful uh, story, uh, Natalia, with a lot of passion. Yeah. You are telling about what you are doing and how it contributes to a better world, which is really uh, admiring. Thank you so much, and we keep in touch. Natalia Rodriguez Orgenio, thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to Sustainable Land Matters. Sustainable Land Matters is hosted by Nan Su and Elzalia Visser. If you liked this episode, subscribe to, rate, and review Sustainable Land Matters on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Should you have questions yourself, visit our subreddit Sustainable Land Matter and join the discussion. For updates, follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. This episode was made possible thanks to the generous support of DSPP Consultants. DSPP Consultants, connecting sustainable growth. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, email us at info at eogreencities.org. See you next time.